everybody. Welcome to episode number 27. Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. It's hockey night in Philadelphia. Flyers and Caps tonight at Wells Fargo Center wrapping up a five-game homestand from Crossing Broad. Anthony Sanfilippo will be joining us in just a moment. Crossing Broad, Snow the Goalie podcast, and much more. Does a great job covering baseball as well. I'm actually hit him on a baseball question, seeing as the Phillies made a big signing in Trey Turner. But I digress. Uh, let me tell you about Bet Parks, because tonight it is Wednesday Night Hockey, I guess. The former network used to call it Rivalry Night. Not anymore. It's Wednesday Night Hockey, and we've got a Broad Street boost for you tonight. Here's the boost. Go on the Bet Parks app, and the boost was Flyers to score more over two and a half goals. The boost was minus 148. Now, they're a team that averages under two and a half goals a game. Got five in their last. One of them was an empty netter. It was minus 148, but the boost boosted all the way down to minus 110 against the Caps tonight. They played the Caps two weeks ago today, lost 3-2 in overtime. Uh, but James Van Riemsdyk will return tonight as well. So minus 110 is the Broad Street boost tonight. Get on the Bet Parks app. Same game parlays, live in-game betting. You name it, it is all there. Player performances, first to score, exact score on baseball when it's in season. Football, college and pro, hoops, college and pro, hockey, World Cup, you name it. It's all there for you to bet on. Easy to sign up, fun to use, and faster to win than ever before. And again, minus 110 for the Flyers to score over two and a half goals tonight. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, swing by for a great, great cause and a great time of year. It's the holiday time of year. Conquerville Subaru, the dealership I've been with, bought my first car there back in the late 80s. And you're going to love it. And they've got a great thing going on right now. It's the Subaru Share the Love event. And it began back on November 17th, goes through January 3rd, so you got a little bit of time left. And Subaru is going to donate $250 for every new car sold to one of five charities, and you get to pick the charity. Either ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, Nations Parks, or Conquerville's hometown charity, which is the Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware. Uh, any of those charities, they'll donate a $250 to uh, for a new car sold. So check it out. Gr- December, great time to get down to the beautiful dealership on Route 202 in Glen Mills. You can check out all the certified pre-owned inventory, list of incoming Subaru vehicles, all there for you at that great dealership with great people and a great service department as well where you get a free car wash with every visit. So visit ConquervilleSubaru.com. Details on the web. Also visit uh, the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills and remember that Conquerville cares. Let's get to him right now. What does his Twitter bio say? His Twitter bio, he's a Flyers writer for CrossingBroad.com, the co-host of the Snow the Goalie podcast and Crossed Up. He's a strategic marketer by day, a director, actor by night, and a dad 24-7, 365. And he is our guest on this edition of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. And that may be the best introduction he will ever get. It I might have done Rush Joy on that uh, that intro. You, you know why it's the best introduction I've ever had? Because I wrote it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you want to say something nice about somebody? Have them write it. <laughs> What's going on? Not much, Jay. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know... I said this on the podcast, I guess, what's today? Wednesday. Uh, on Tuesday's edition of Flyers Daily, I was recording it, obviously, after the game Monday night. Mm-hmm. And I saw some some you know people on social media saying, oh, Colorado didn't have anybody. McKinnon left the game. Don't get excited about this win. And I said, wins are not easy to come by with this team. They're banged up. Just enjoy the win. That, yeah, no. It just feels yeah. good to enjoy a win and not have angst over winning. Yeah, I mean, look, it was it was not a pretty game. I mean, 
you'd much rather that the team play like they played Saturday against New Jersey when they lost uh, than how they played Monday against Colorado when they won. But you never, never say, oh, well, wins just a just whatever. You know, it's they played nobody. Well, it was Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr was still out there, right? Uh, uh, Ranton was still out there, right? He, he, he scored a hell of a goal, right? No, the, I mean, that was something else in the third period. Um, they had some other good players, but yes, it, it wasn't the Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. No, it was yeah. not. Uh, it was it was a you know, it was a cheap facsimile thereof. But it, you know, when you've lost twelve of thirteen coming in, it don't, I don't care if you're playing who you're playing. You know, you'll you, in a couple of weeks they're going to play the Anaheim Ducks, who look like the worst team in hockey in in a, at least a decade, if not longer. They're right there with that Detroit team that really stunk. Yeah, but if you beat them out there, are you going to complain that you got the win? No, you got to win, right? It's a win. Doesn't matter who you play, who you beat. Um, so, but yeah, no, they 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 have. Look, there's there's been things about this team that have been getting better in the last few games, even games that they've lost. And there's things about this team that still persist as far as mistakes go. Um, but the one thing that has been a pretty much a constant, uh, not a complete constant, but pretty much a constant since day one uh, when the season started is Carter Hart and goal. And, and he had a really, really good game. Yes, he gave up three goals, two of them late. N- none of them on him. I don't put any of those goals on Carter. No. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, he stopped three breakaways. He made two other like really acrobatic saves in the game had a lot of really good stops on hard shots. I mean, they had 22, what I think, I think uh, 22 legit scoring chances. I mean, not, that's not shots. That's scoring chances scored three times. I mean, that's, you stopped 19 of them. That's, that's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when they're coming in from, from where they're coming from. So uh, he was, he had a, he had a really good game for them. And, and uh, it's probably the reason that they actually come away with the victory. Um, whereas in the New Jersey game, he put a lot of it on his shoulders because it was uh, his mistake behind the net, turning the puck over that led to one of the devil's goals. And then the, uh, the other one, he kind of wasn't, you know, his positioning was a little off and he wasn't against the post. And so that, that other goal, uh, in the third period, everybody, Jack Hughes yeah. ends up getting in. So I think he, he took that loss and put it on his shoulders and came back out and gave a, 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 a an effort that was like a 180. Uh, from from that from that game, and it was, you know, that's the reason that they're that they were able to beat Colorado. Yeah, he even though he's given up some cookies this year, some goals. You know, the one off the end boards that climbs yeah. the skating pad and goes in off him. Um, he had one earlier in the season where it, it just went you know skate on post and went right through. There's been some goals that he hasn't liked, but I, I really have liked his resilience and his competitiveness. That that save that he makes in the Colorado game at, at the end of the first period with about 19 seconds left. Yeah. Because they're up 2-1. Flyers are up 2-1. If you go into the room there tied at 2 versus being up 2-1, it, it's a huge mental difference. And the thing that I like about the save, i got to talk to Dilly about this, to Kim Dillabaugh, because i got to ask him about it. I haven't had a chance to sit down with him in a while. But he seems more willing to abandon the technical aspects of his game, which is his hallmark, to go into compete mode to put flesh between puck and, and net. And that's what he did on that one. He just threw himself. Yeah. No, it was great. It's great. And that and that's good. That's good. I was the most I was most impressed stoning McCarr. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing that you know, it's the, the other guys that he that he was stopping are not. Yeah, bleed. Cal, it's not yeah. a not a huge name, right? Not big name guys. But you get McCarr coming, and he you know he had it from the from Colorado's blue line. That's where he strips Patrick mm-hmm. Brown of the puck, and so you see it from there. And you got time, like okay, Kale McCarr's coming on a breakaway. This is not going to be pretty. Yeah, and he just stayed right with it. Really, really patient. sound, patient <laughs> play. Yeah, I mean it's the it's in a lot of ways that's the game. Yep. There, because I think I was at three one, right? I wasn't four one. It was three one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you knew Colorado was going to make a push towards the end, right? They were mm-hmm. going to get something. Um, you don't make that save. It's now three two, and then it's you know who knows what, where it goes from there, right? Especially so with think, their history, Ant. Yeah. Of spitting the bit in games. Yeah. So I I, I think Carter's Carter makes the, the, you know, he was easily the first star of the game, uh, and I don't even think anybody else was a close second. I mean, there were other players that played well. I thought Travis Sanheim had a nice game. I thought TK was all over the place TK, in the game, too. Until the end, although yeah. he almost cost him at the end. Okay. Yeah. He gets the empty netter, but, man, he let that puck go right past him up the wall, mm-hmm. and McCarr's waiting at the point, and the offense, you know, they have an extra. They already pulled the goalie, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, you got to get doing? something on that. you got to not even get <laughs> something. Just yeah. stop it coming from around the boards. Put your body there yeah. and turn and fire it out of the zone, even if you have to. But he just let it go. He didn't even try. Yeah. Um, so he and he knew it because, like, he, he you could see him after he got the empty netter, he came back down and he was mad at himself. He like kind of hit mm-hmm. the stick on the ice and stuff. Uh, but other than that, uh, TK is had a, had a really strong, strong. You just game. you just made an awesome point. Uh, the fact that McCarr gets that breakaway clear and cut, and you know it's him as the goalie, makes a difference. Sometimes a breakaway happens from just outside your own blue line. It's turned, it's right back on top. Of you. The only thing you have as a goalie is going, all right, right hand, right-handed, left-handed. Who you don't really have time to go through the who is it? Am I intimidated by? Do I have a book on this guy? Yeah. When McCarr's coming from that far away, you're going, oh shit, that's yeah. Kale McCarr. He's got time. He's got space, and it is a different mental thing for a team that doesn't score much. There's such a little margin for error, but he stayed so patient on that and just didn't leave his short side post, and that's where McCarr wanted to go. So it, that's a great point that you make because when you do know, like if, you know, let, let's put it in Flyers terms. If Nick Delarier gets a breakaway from the red line in the goalie sees Nick is coming, he's not sweating it like right. he's sweating it if Scott Lawton or Travis Konechny are coming in. Correct. Yeah, it's that's that's the and they're not Kale McCarr. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Let's talk about. I just talked to Torts. I taped him for a pregame interview um, just a little bit ago at twelve thirty. Let me ask you about you know the team progressing because they're getting some players back in. I think getting Lawton back, and you and I have talked about Lawton quite a bit on and off the air, and how we feel about his you know leadership his play, his effect on the team. And they're getting some guys back. JVR is going to return tonight. But as far as moving, you know, the the story forward or the progress of the team, how much has it moved forward for you? There's still mistakes out there. There's a ton of line juggling because you're just trying to find any combination when you struggle to score. Hayes is now a winger, which I think is ahead of the curve of when he probably was going to end up on the wing. And I think it's probably a good thing. But how much progress have you seen just from a hockey standpoint, not a result standpoint per se, but a hockey standpoint? Yeah, I mean, there's definite progress. Um, I I wrote about this the other night, and I thought about this a little bit. When they lose the game to New Jersey, and 
Torts storms off after 56 seconds, 41 words, basically telling the media we suck because we ask dumb questions and his team played his ass off and that's it. And then, you know, he's out. And I said it was a very calculated move by him because if you go back and look game by game, what he has been kind of setting up, right, coming down, coming from his team, what what he's kind of anticipating and, and what he sees coming. And, and it, it starts, it goes way back, all the way back to Black Friday when they were embarrassed on home ice on national television against their biggest rival, and they played perhaps their worst game of the year against the Penguins. The very next night, they go to the island and play pretty well, right? Until that third period, they kind of let it slip away from them there. And he talks about it. After that game, he talk, talked about, you know, hey, we played a good game. We just didn't, we just didn't finish, you know? And it's all about learning how to – Finish that out. Then the next night, the next game they play, they play against the Islanders. They play a more complete game and they finish it off, right? They finish the game and beat the Islanders. So they, okay, that's good. And then what what happens after that? Tampa comes in and now it's like, oh, this is a whole nother level. Right? And, you know, you competed a little bit. You hung with them for a period, but the second period comes around and Tampa just starts dominating and you don't have the horses to play with them. And they kind of, the, the, the team just kind of like wilted. And his whole argument was you don't take your foot off the gas. You don't ever relent. doesn't matter who your opponent is. Punch him in the mouth. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Then you go to the, uh, you know, you move forward to uh, the Devils game, which follows Tampa. And that was maybe their best game of the year. Even if they lose, they punched New Jersey in the mouth from beginning to end of that game. They never yeah. remember they were coming back at the end. They thought they had tied it. Then the goal got waved off. And then they had all that pressure there at the end. Like they really, it was, it was a, a really fantastic effort by them in a loss. Um, and that was like, okay, you, you have to play that way to beat these elite teams or to have a shot to beat these elite teams. So that when you go into the game Monday against Colorado, he's not telling them the avalanche are missing all these players. They're shorthanded, blah, blah. It's it's the it's the defending Stanley Cup or two time uh, defending Stanley Cup champion coming in now, and now all of a sudden you got to go out and play that way against them. And it, it, I felt early they were they were played like that, but then it kind of got away from. Them. That's why I think Torts was frustrated after the game. But I think he was kind of setting this up, like, and that's why I said that Saturday game, you could hear all week long because then, then even during the off days, there was the, there were young and dumb. And then there was the, mm-hmm. the, the day where he said, this is going to take, we're starting not from, from the foundation. We're at the footer, you know, this is yep. going to be a long process. <laughs> like I mean, all of these things, he's kind of, he's using this as an opportunity to motivate his players for, to be more than what they are and to do what he's asking them to do. And it works. If you see it happening, you can see the development of it. Um, so I, I I think that there I think it's there, I just don't think that the 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 the, the efforts there the understanding is there the building of a foundation is there the talent just isn't there and so yeah. that's why the Flyers are not going to be a team in my estimation who makes any kind of great run or great push for a playoff spot but they are probably not going to be bad enough to be at the very bottom of the standings either so and that's. But that's part of how Torts is, is trying to build this up and, and make these guys become better NHL players. Will they not be at the bottom, though, Ant? I mean, they, they've they now lost 12 of 14. So while it looks better, you still don't have the ability to score. I mean, there's only one team in the league that scores less than them, and it's the aforementioned Anaheim Ducks. 
I mean, yeah, they scored five against Colorado. One of them's an empty netter. But over that 13 games, they had a total of 26 goals. You know, I look at it and go, I, I don't know how many more games they win, even if they get James back and Cam Atkinson back. And yeah, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like I think that they're suddenly going to be a playoff contender, right? But there is some it's, shitty teams in the league, is what you're alluding to. My God, they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and 32 teams, not, there's going to be some shit. <laughs> and even if they're not shitty, they're trying to be shitty. They are mm-hmm. intentionally tanking. Chicago. They may have better talent, and and they're and they're trying to lose on purpose. To get to that top of the of the of, of the draft in the lottery, um, I I don't think you know. I look at the schedule. You know, I, mean, I always like to look ahead. I always like to look at the schedule. And we're they're in the middle of a tough stretch here. You know, obviously, you know, you have the Caps tonight. Caps aren't as good as they've been. You know, they've had some of their own injuries and they've just been mediocre so far. Um, and the Flyers gave them a good game when they played them down in Washington a couple weeks ago, lost in, lost in overtime on yep. Ovi's goal. Yeah, when Dylan um, Strom jumped on the ice too early. Yeah, too many yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so, you know, this is, this is in essence, a winnable game. But, I mean, Vegas is going to be tough. Yep. But then Arizona, Colorado again, all depleted. McKinnon won't be back. He's out for a month. Um, the Devils, who they've played, I mean, they're a good team, but they've played them hard twice. Yeah. The Rangers, who are really inconsistent. Really, because if Shesterkin's not on his game, forget it. They've been they've been, you know, not good. Columbus, who's at the I mean, I know they've beaten the Flyers twice, but they're at the bottom of the standings. And then, you know, then he got a couple of tough games in Toronto and Carolina. But then San Jose, not great. L.A., not I mean, they're OK. Anaheim, be terrible. Yeah. Arizona again. I mean, you start playing some easier teams. You're going to get a couple. They're going to get a few wins in here. Like yeah. they're not going to be complete. They're not going to go on another ten game losing streak against these these weaker. If you do, that's embarrassing, right? I mean, but, yeah. so I think I think there's going to be a few wins in here, and if you get a few wins, you're going to keep yourself six to eight points ahead of those bottom of the standings teams. And I think that that's Perfect. kind of why I look at where they're. That's probably about where they're going to. They're going to probably finish as the seventh worst team in hockey, if in, in my estimation. Yeah. If if. Well, seven's a little too low, but um, you look at like Colorado in 2017, they had the worst record in the league. They end up with four, right? Detroit that one year had the worst record by a landslide and ended up, I think, with f- the fifth pick in that draft yeah. when they took Cider. Was that Mort Cider? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to have the worst record pick fourth because Colorado got McCarr at four. <laughs> you know, right. you you want just want to find a way to get a little lottery luck and and end up one or I mean obviously one but two Fantilli is unbelievable. The, the one thing to say about that though is, is if you end up around four, you might be able to go. Um, uh, what's his name? Mitchuk, the the Russian, the, yeah, Mitchuk, the the Russian kid, uh, Matthew Mitchuk. Only because he's under contract in Russia for mm. what another two seasons after yeah. three seasons. Yeah, after that this. variable it's going to scare some teams. It's going to it might scare a, a team or two away that yeah. a player of that caliber might slide down. And if you look at it and say, well, we're not going to be good until then anyway, why not? Right? Yeah. Let's 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 make that pick now. You know? Yeah, it's Could, not. It's, it's yes, it's not a guy. Because you have two in, in the next draft as well in the first right. round. Right. It's not a guy who's going to come in. And be a superstar first right away, but then again, you got. I mean, you see what uh, Gauthier's doing to BC. Yeah, player of the I month. Mean, he's he's unreal, yeah. right? So he's going to be here next year. So that's your that's your rookie who makes his impression next year. It's, I, I think that that's so. I think you're still okay. You finish. You come in top four in this draft. You're getting a star. You're getting a star level player, even if you don't get Bedard. One of those other three, Fantilli. Get a cornerstone. 
Yeah, the sweet. There's a Swedish kid too. What's the Swedish kid's name? Mm. Um, he's uh, oh geez, he's another one who's like right up at that upper upper echelon. Yeah. So um, they're and they're all forwards and they're all talented and you're you're gonna get a star quality player. Now I, I got a tweet from a guy Robert Sullivan said to me when I was I tweeted about uh, Cutter Gauthier and he said he should stay at BC another year because of the experience in college it didn't hurt guys like McCarr, Owen Power, Matty Berniers, Kent Johnson. And he said, "Plus, why come to the Flyers next year when they could still suck?" Well, does, that that plays no point in it at all, right? You know, um, it, it, to me, it all depends. Like Owen Power and and Matty Benier, they were going for a national championship at Michigan. You know that I think that's part of that equation. And yeah, did the teams that they ended up on did they stink? Yeah, but that's not part of that equation. Um, I, I think there's a chance when this college season's over, we could see Cutter Gauthier this year. If you want to burn a year of ELC. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it depends on when BC's season ends. Um, I'd say it's mid-March. Well, I mean, are they? So you don't think that they're a you don't think they're a Frozen Four candidate? I mean, you just never know at this point, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, but you yeah, know, it, depends, it really like to me, it really depends on where where it ends. Uh, yeah, when, I mean, if he's know. gonna come up and play seven games, no, I'm not burning right. it. But if yeah. you can, if you get, a, if you can get, get 18, a month, yeah. a month yeah. of hockey out of them, I would do yeah. it. Yeah, if For I'm sure. getting 15 to 18 games out of them, then I consider it because yeah. I can send them into the off season. Then, knowing what the NHL feels like from a spatial standpoint, timing standpoint, and all that stuff. Yeah. By the way, Leo Carlson—that was the name of the. Oh yeah. Kid. Another Carlson out of Sweden. Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of like, right. Spells it, he spells it with a C. Uh, yeah. And, and Eric Carlson, who spells it with a K, has been unbelievable. Wait, can't you talk about comeback player of the year, right? Oh, my God. I didn't see this coming at all. <laughs> no. Well, him, Jason Robertson, who saw that coming, right? Yeah, 39th overall pick. Holy cow. So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of guys kind of surprising us in the NHL this year. Shame none of them are in orange and black. Yeah, we'll be hearing that Jason Robertson thing forever. You know, it's so easy to go back and go, well, yeah. they took Isaac Ratcliffe, or they took Nolan Patrick number two, and they overpassed Jason. Nobody was taking Robertson that high, right? And then people go, "Well, well, that's because we can't develop a player." Some players just aren't taken high and are going to be great players. Like Joe Pavelski was taken in the seventh round. Yeah, it happens. I mean, guys, yeah. guys develop like come out of nowhere. They're late bloomers, and you just yep. get you know so what happens. What they don't understand is teams are taking flyers on these guys. They're like, "There's there are quality gamble. You're drafting a player." Because you recognize that there are qualities in his game at at the age of eighteen that mm-hmm. could potentially develop into an a, a professional player, yeah. and so therefore you take you're taking a chance. But because he has so many things that you're unsure about, it is it's a gamble, it's a risk. But it's but it, that's what the draft is really. Once you get down to to that point in the draft, so therefore it's like okay, well we like this about him, and we think that this could portray, you know, this could grow and this could blossom. And then if this happens, then great. And if it doesn't, well, then okay. Yeah. But well, this the J- J- for Jason Robertson, the if this happens is now happening. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, the thing about it is too is <laughs> trying to project these guys. They're 18 years old. This isn't like the NFL draft where they've played three years at the University of Michigan or Alabama right. or Clemson, where right. they've played on this huge stage. They're they're. Ki- I mean, you see, you've seen these guys come in. And a lot of times when we first meet recently drafted guys at like rookie camp they aren't shaving yet right <laughs> they don't shave 
<laughs> they don't have hair under their pits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing with hockey and baseball. I mean, you, you draft so, so young. young. Yeah. So young. Uh, and it's never going to change. Look, it's really in hockey will never change because of Canadian Junior. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're never going to give up, uh, you know, those teams and, and being able to have have players from age 15, 16 playing hockey. Yep. Bless you. Thank you. I was trying to keep it off mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, so that's never, so in essence, you got to, you just got to take gambles on kids a lot yeah. of times. It, it, the part is, so I think what you're seeing more college kids now and kids go that route because they have more time to get to the show and they're more mature when they do get there. A couple yeah. years in the USHL or national team development program, go play three, four years at college. And then you come in much more ready uh, to take on the NHL. And let me ask you, one of the things that came up last week on my Twitter timeline was the notion of trading Carter Hart this time because you can get a haul for him. And look, I don't think anybody, after what we've gone through the past two seasons prior to this one and are in the middle of right now, there's, the untouchable term does not carry for anybody, in my opinion. But the notion of trading him you know, and people go, well, you can go out and you can get, you know, an above average goaltender and win a cup with it. Look at, you know, look at a team like uh, the Caps when they won a cup. Holpe went on a heater and they won. He didn't even have the crease when it started. Uh, then Jordan Binnington. Or you look, you know, last year with Colorado didn't have, you know, the the stud goaltender, the Carey Price. I go back, I look at teams like Pittsburgh with Flurry and Murray. I, you know, both homegrown guys. I thought Quick was the best goalie on the planet for three or four years. Crawford was underrated. Niemi, whatever, was not good, but he was up against Michael Layton. But the notion of trading the goalie, to me, again, nobody's untouchable, but I'm not doing it because I have a really hard time judging um, a rebuild or where a team is in a rebuild if they don't have the basic principle of goaltending. And it is hard to find. Once you, it's like the quarterback in football. If you can go into an offseason having that box checked, it makes everything easier. Yeah, um, and, and let's put it this way. I mean, I, I hear it. I hear you, and I hear the people who say, go ahead and trade him, go ahead and trade him. I don't think you can until you know you have the the replacement behind him. And may, might they like Samuel Urson enough that he could potentially be uh, a number one goalie in the NHL? Sure, but you don't know that yet. Yeah. You know, he's played well in the AHL. He's looked pretty good, looked pretty solid. You got to get him up here and have him play some and, and really kind of see how he plays at this level mm-hmm. and then give him a few more games and say, can he take on a little bit more of a burden? And it's, this is a process, right? I mean, so if you're going to trade Carter Hart, it's not going to be now. It, it Maybe a year from now or a year and a half from now, you have both those guys up here and you look at it and say, Okay, well, we really like Urson, and we think that you know by the time we're uh, competing for not just the playoff spot, but to be a real contender, in yeah, Hart's only twenty four though. No, I get. I, look, I get it. I get. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to rush him out of town. Yeah, what I'm saying is, is you have to have all these other things happen. Yeah, the known before before you think about doing it. Yeah, you can't now, go into the no unknown sense. again at that position. Because you right. imagine you trade him, he he goes somewhere else and continues to develop and be great, and then right. you don't have the guy behind him. Now you got this team and you don't have the goaltending. Exactly. Oh, they would exactly. get fucking murdered. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. You have to know 
you have the person to replace him before you consider moving him on. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and knowing and is really difficult when it comes to the position because there's a lot of voodoo involved. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I, I don't see how you can do it now. Like I said, maybe a year from now, two years from now, you could consider it. I don't see how you could do it right now. Yeah, I mean, if they offer you a dry cycle, you, you okay. Well, yeah, it depends on when. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. If somebody's going to overpay and give yeah. you a superstar, of course, then you think about it. But I mean, I, aside from that, if it's if you got to assume that the deal is fair, then you, you know you don't you don't do it until yeah until you have a replacement. Yeah, it, the the position's just way way too important. Um, yeah. Let me ask you about two guys in particular: a defenseman and a forward. Let's start with the D-man um, and Tony D'Angelo. He's now playing on the third pairing with Nick Sealer. I don't know if that's necessarily just because he's banged up, played too many minutes, what it is. Risto's been moved to that top pair, and I think he's played pretty well. I don't yeah. think he's a top pair guy long term. I think we all agree on that. But he's played well there. He hasn't earned his way back down. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo, as, as a fellow paisan with uh, D'Angelo, I think his emotion and his approach is something they've really needed, a guy that burns hot. And he may say some things that piss off teammates at times and you know burn a little too hot and need to be calmed down, but you never need to rev him up. And I think his presence is important for the team moving forward. Yeah, I, I think he's better off not being on the top pair. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it exposes the weaknesses in his game. Um, not that to say that there are a lot, but I mean he's just not that. But Ross, not Jacob Slavin either. Right, right, okay. So he's not that caliber of player. Um, but is he, um, you know, is he better off a little further down the lineup with those intangibles that you just talked about? A hundred percent, hundred percent. This isn't a demotion putting Tony D'Angelo on the third pair. I think it's just a matter of finding a, find, you know, you're still trying to find what works and what doesn't, who with who. I think it's exactly what you said, though. I think it's 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 utilizing what he does well at the at the most times you can, and not putting him in situations where he's going to, you know, make mistakes and look bad. Not to mention, I, I think it. I think Ristolainen playing up on the top pair. I'm going to give Provorov a little bit of credit here and say he maybe he's the kind of guy that allows Provorov to play his best game. Mm-hmm. And maybe when Provorov's playing his best game, it makes Ristolainen a better player. You know what I'm saying? And maybe maybe they compliment, just complement each other well. Maybe that um, should be your second pairing D if you could eventually. acquire a, a, a really high potent, you know, first pairing. Yeah, but what do you do with what do you do with Sandheim? Yeah, see that's the thing. See that's see that's the part of the issue is you have D'Angelo making second pairing money, Ristolainen making second pairing money, and now Sanheim tied in for in perpetuity, <laughs> making good money. So it's like and Provorov making top pair money, right? Yeah. So, so it's yeah. that's it, the it, issue that maybe yeah. none of them fit there. I mean, I, I ultimately think Provorov is fine as a two if you have a legit one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you, but yeah, you don't have that legit one. You don't have that legit one, right? So he's got a he's got to play up, and expectations on him are probably a little bit higher than they need to be. Yeah. If you, if, you, if he's the second guy, then you're not thinking about it as much. Yeah, and I mean, who knows with Cam York where he's going to fit into this equation? Where Yegor Zamula is going to fit into the situation? By the way, it's Yegor now; it's not Igor. 
well, that's the way it was always been, and I've been fighting with people for yeah. you know forever. I had the that curve here. It's it's why that's how it's spelled. Yeah, you know, I even even fought with with Russ about this. You so, fought with it, Russ. Just I've like never you. had a disagreement with him Jay, in my life. This is this is this is something we have in common here. This goes <laughs> back though, because we would we would argue over whether it should be. And Russ, you know, Russ is a language guy, and he knows a lot. He's a, he speaks multiple languages, and I I usually defer to him uh, in that regard. But you know, he was trying to make some and stupid only point. that regard. Yes, and he was trying to make some <laughs> stupid point about how well you know in Russian it's it's it, it, you don't really need that letter so. That's what it's, it's a different it's the acrylic language, blah, 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 blah. So you, you could go with an E because that's the pronunciation. And it's like, well, no, he spells it that way. It's spelled that way everywhere. I, everywhere he's been, I'm using the Y. Yep. And then everybody else started saying, well, they pronounce it with an E. So we're just going to go with the E. And I said, well, the NHL sheet still lists it with a Y. And phonetically, so like he's, too. He's yeah. registered that way. <laughs> you know, so why why are we changing the spelling of a guy's name just because of the way we pronounce it? That's a very, you know, snotty snotty U.S. thing to do, right? Yeah. I mean, we're going to change the spelling because we don't pronounce it that way. So you yeah. now you have to write your name different too. <laughs> I don't get so change how your you bank account. It. I don't care how you pronounce it. Yeah. How is it? How what's it on his birth certificate? How yeah. is it spelled? That's his name. Yeah, it's so not like what? my name is spelled J A S O N and it's pronounced David. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> ah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Uh, the other guy I want to ask you about is Hayes because he's on the wing. Yeah. And, and I, I wasn't thinking Hayes to the wing yet. I wasn't. I thought that was you know eighteen months, two years away to Hayes to the wing. But the more I think about it, the more I go. There's a lot of reason to do this because a you mitigate his biggest weaknesses, which is defending in the D zone down low. B, he's a creator from the outside anyway, even as a center. He works off the, yep. off the boards with his vision and puck protection ability. And C, so, and I'm accentuating the areas of his game where he's best, and that's obviously generating offense. So I don't know. I'm almost disappointed in myself. I didn't think of it, but I didn't think of it. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. Um and, and the thing of it was, you know, you look at it and say, well, he's he's being punished by being moved there. It, it was Giroux being punished when he was moved from center to wing. No, he was being relieved. Of the duty. <laughs> exactly. He was yes. being relieved. And, and I think that there's a lot. I mean, maybe Hayes wasn't happy about it at first personally, but I think he's now realized the benefit of this for him. Yeah. Just and, an optic and I, thing. Yeah. I yeah. And, and he's, he's playing the best he's played since he's been here. He may be playing the best he's played as an NHL player. Could to be. be honest with you, yeah, right? Could well be. Could well uh, be. He's a point per game player. He's a Kevin Hayes is a point per game player. Yeah. It's almost he's going to if he if this keeps up again. It's been twenty seven games, right? Yeah. If this keeps 26, up over yeah. the twenty six games, if it's, if this keeps up over fifty sixty games, but as you're approaching that deadline, there's a market then all of a sudden, isn't there? It justifies his salary. Mm-hmm. It justifies his salary. If you're a point-per-game player, you're making $7 million a year. That's about right, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, because it's because he, he kills penalties, too, and he also plays power play. Yeah. So it adds and, to and, the value. And he's a creator on the power play. Not to say that he would be a creator on a top power play for a Stanley Cup team, but could he be a creator on your second unit Yeah. for a, for a top team? Certainly. 
Yeah, he's decent in the in the dot as well. And, I mean, he's probably top three, top four guy in the NHL protecting the puck. Yeah. I, mean, no, he, he, I don't yeah. think there's any question about that. No question about that. And that's because of his size. Yeah, right? and he knows you how know, to use his body properly right. to protect Shield pucks. Shields the puck very well. Yeah. yeah, a lot like Voracek used to do when he was at the top of his game. Yeah, uh, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes has that same ability. So yeah, I mean, look, he's having a really good year. Um, when you look at the team and you see how much they struggle to score, to think that Hayes and Konechny are doing most of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they're. I don't know. I haven't done. I haven't done the math, but what are they percentage wise of the team's offense? Oh yeah, I'd have to I have to do the math. I mean, but... goals that they're involved in. I mean, I would I would say yeah. it's got to be close to fifty percent, right? Oh, oh if definitely. not more. Well, let me tell you right now. I mean, when you look at goal, they have eighteen combined goals. TK's got ten. Hayes has um, eight. When you look at the total goals that they have scored, Six, goals, sixty-one, I think, for the season. Right, the team. They have sixty-one goals for so eighteen. I mean, geez, yeah, you're looking at twenty-two percent, right? Right now, now, that's not even counting the assists. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you count in assists, now I'm sure that they've been on the ice for some of the same goals. Uh, you know, some sometimes and involved together, are, yeah, involved together. So you can't say just add up the assists and then you know they give you a total. But still, you got to be pushing fifty percent of the of the team's offenses coming through those two players. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Forty nine of the total points on the team of one hundred and eighty are those two players. Yeah. So, and I that's mean, with that's, three points per. That's with three points usually three points per goal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I can only think of I think two unassisted goals that they have this year. One of them was Noah Cates against Tampa when they won that game. Yeah, um, and I think there was one other unassisted goal that I even remember. It may have been a Nick Sealer goal of all people, <laughs> if I recall. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah. So we'll see what happens tonight uh, with Washington and. If they can end this homestand three and two, that'd be amazing if they did. But we'll see where it goes, brother. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I just think I just I I don't know if they they would have to ramp it up again. Yeah, I, I, I was not in love with the way they played as a t- uh, in front of Hart against Colorado. They can't yeah. they can't make those same mistakes again and expect him to keep to keep going and keep, you know, bailing them out. So, yeah. Um, Last thing for you, what's it, your experience been like covering torts? Because there's a lot of uh, what you expect it's going to be and then what it is is reality is a little bit different. What, what's your kind of impressions of you know, 27 games in now covering torts? I love covering torts. And, and let me tell you why. Because let's remember, first and foremost, before anything else, and I know, it, I know it's, it's their livelihood in hockey. I know it's you know, you know, what matters – more than anything in the world to them is is coaching and playing hockey and managing hockey, anybody involved with that team. But for the rest of us, including those of us in the media, we got to remember this is entertainment, mm-hmm. right? This is entertainment. People use this to entertain themselves, to get away from their daily job uh, and, and to really you know invest in something that they enjoy and they enjoy hockey. So in, from that perspective, he's highly entertaining, He's completely entertaining. He's a very good coach. You can well, you can separate the aspects of it, right? He's a very good coach. He's a he's a pain in the ass at times, but it's done with intent. And as a result, he knows that he's driving that message for his players, but at the same time, he knows that 
by keeping himself on the front line of the media in, in the media that that's something we'll focus on and that we'll be entertained by and that the fans will find some entertainment in as well. No doubt. And yeah, it doesn't eventually wear thin. Sure. It does eventually just like any other coach. It, it's the same thing, right? It's going to wear thin eventually. But the fact is, is that when you come in and, you, and you're coming in at such a, a low level, bottom level, this is good. And it's going to entertain for a while until they, until it either fails or they get good for a while and then eventually come down and then it fails. Right. So until until you get to a point where you know for certain that this isn't the guy any longer, this is entertainment. So yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's it's and and he's challenging for the media. And that's a good thing because I yeah. think we need Puts to be everybody on their sometimes. toes. I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, we need to be challenged sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you just that, go. You think there's more people in the building because of his presence? Because there has been more people in the building. Thousand yet. percent. Because, because, thousand percent. And this is during football season, mind you, that this is happening with an eleven and one football team. Thousand percent. Okay. People bought tickets because they wanted to see Tortorella. Yeah, and he ain't going to skate a fucking shift. No. No. <laughs> but it, it's by proxy though, because right. of his presence. There's honest play on the ice. Well, let's be honest, Jay. I mean, let's go back and look at last season. And just we how bad it was, right? It was night in, night out, shit. And while we go down there now, we might get a shitty effort here and there. You know, we get caught with one of the Penguins game, for example, shitty yeah, effort. They're few, they've been very few and far San Jose, between. shitty effort. Yeah. But it's not night in, night out. Yeah. it's and, and I'd argue that there's not much better talent this year than there was last year. In fact, it might not might even be a step down talent-wise. Yeah, you're right? missing more players. And with that said, they at least play a style of game for the excuse me, for the most part that is at least entertaining to watch. Yeah. It's and something honest. that you want to Yeah, it's honest. That's yep. all you ask for. That's yep. all fans ask for. So when you get that, you're not they're not selling the building out, but you're getting starting to see drop counts closer to 15,000, 14, 15,000 than you were Six, well, seven thousand at times. No, but no, no drop counts. Oh, drop counts. I'm talking yeah. about butts and seats. Okay, there were a couple games last year where they had seven thousand people in that building. Yeah, it was. It was ugly, depressing, and it. You know, you, you felt like there was no pulse. There's Correct. A, he brings a pulse. There's no doubt. Yeah, so so I put it all on the coach. You gonna be down there tonight? Be down there tonight. I'll see you down there, brother. Sounds good. There he is from Crossing Broad. Snow the Goalie, the podcast, and much more. Anthony Sanfilippo. Thanks, Ant. Yeah, you got it, pal. Anytime. There he is. Anthony Sanfilippo. I always love having Ant on. Just, it's, you know, that's what this show's about. It's just good fucking conversation. Like, that's, we just want to talk about hockey. We don't need to go crazy. We'll go crazy sometimes. But Ant's a great conversationalist which is why I converse with them at games quite a bit as well. Um, let me tell you about Bet Parks. you got the Broad Street Boost tonight. The Flyers over for goals in this game tonight. Over under is two and a half. Now, the regular line, the opening line, was really simple. It had the Flyers at minus 148 to go over two and a half. But for the Broad Street Boost, Parks has knocked, knocked it down to minus 110. Minus 110 over two and a half goals. You want to play it? Get on the Bet Parks app. Do it now. It's the greatest casino and sportsbook app you're going to find. Simple to use, easy to sign up, faster to win than ever before. Same game parlays, live in game betting, player performances, you name it. It is all there. Futures. 
props, teasers, straight bets on everything you can imagine, whether that is going to be on hockey tonight with the Broad Street Boost, whether that's going to be on College of Pro Hoops, College of Pro Football, anything going on in the world of sport, you can bet it on the Bet Parks app. So do yourself a favor. Download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling profit. Gambler. All right, everybody, enjoy your hockey tonight. We'll be back Friday with a brand new episode. Episode 28 of Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. So we'll talk to you Friday right here. So have fun tonight and stay safe. She seems dressed in all.